somewhere around 10, the, the one with the most after Democrats and Republicans is the Libertarian Party. The Greens have four people on the ballot across the country. And um, recently, North Carolina, the Democrats and Republicans prevented the Green Party from getting for Senate, um, prevented them from getting onto the ballot. Um, so. With all of these fun complications, I think the national implication of this this situation um, it it may prove to be some transparency on how well the Democratic National Committee or the Republican National Committee are actually doing. So, 
A couple of other states I just want to pull out 22 requirements in Mexico. I'm happy to 
uh, try to answer them. I'm not an expert. I'm not a member of one of the parties. I am just a human being who is an American who really wants to try to do what I can to prevent the loss of this democracy because it's kind of freaky right now what's going on. So I'm trying to understand it myself. July, would you like to uh, call in for you to see if something going on around? Oh, you can hear you can hear ambient noises, but not me. July. Okay, so let me let me see if I can the headphones. You are a dear. How's that? Is that better? I hope that's better. I'm gonna look for your note. Yay! <laughs> Thank you, July. I'm happy to repeat. Um, happy to repeat any of the stuff that I just said, because it is important. I think when I when I hear the the political heads, the news people saying you got you got to vote, got to vote harder. But I know that I don't want any of the incumbents, because even my favorite, my representative Barbara Lee, voted to send money to Ukraine, and I am anti-war. So that leaves me, you know, I don't want to vote for a Republican. And it's too late for me to get a different Democrat on my ballot in November. So maybe there are other people out there like me that, that still probably have the opportunity because of where they live. Um, I think it's a really important thing to do since electoralism doesn't seem to be uh, very popular on the left. And I think that one of the things that's happening right now is people are getting very, very tired of all the fight of it all and all of the losing of it all. But you know, when you feel like you're losing the most is usually when you end up winning. So I think we're on the precipice of doing something important. And I think we can't rely on either of the organized parties to do something about it. Jeff, please unmute yourself. Hello. Hi. Not sure if I unmuted. Oh, now you, you are super low. Okay. I don't know what to do. I'm trying to make this work. I really am. I cannot hear you at all. July, can you hear him at that all? That sucks. Okay. Hello? If I can fix that. How's that? No? Yes? Jeff? July. Oh, Jeff left. You could hear him, but I couldn't hear him. Oh. I promise not to put you on the spot. I won't even publish this if you want to call in July, because I want to try and figure out what's going on. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Welcome. Can you hear me? I can I can hear you. Okay. I, I know you're having a little bit of... Oh, here's Jeff coming back, too. Um, you could hear Jeff okay, but I couldn't. I could hear him. Now, sometimes it, the problem gets solved when you pop out and pop back in. Let me go uh, down to mute and let's see if we can hear Jeff. 
Okay, thanks, July, for helping me figure this out. Okay, Jeff, I'm going to make you the next caller. Okay, maybe this oh, works. now I can hear you. Now Hallelujah. I can hear you much better. Yeah, I kind of popped out and back in like July did because I was pushing all the buttons at the bottom of the frame here, and it just <laughs> it kind of disappeared for a little yeah. while. Yeah. yeah, if you're on the if you're on the the uh, message board side tab, okay. it doesn't have the little icons to unmute and stuff. I found. I'm not sure where I'm at. Really, I I tried to message you. So I, so the I'm little here. picture above there's there like there's like the picture where I am where it says speaker and right above me there's a little circle with a person in it. Ah, uh, yeah. And then uh, on the other side, on the right of that, there's the little um, little icons for speaking bubbles. Uh huh. If you click that, then you go to the message board side. Oh, so if I, okay, I haven't done that yet. It just didn't work. Oh, okay. On this side yet, so they've got some issues with their icons and whether things work or not. So yeah. I'm still but working on this but, there's, but this is a new app, and they're trying to work out the kinks right now, you know? Sure. That's they're, what I keep hearing when I'm on yeah. other shows, you know? They're kinkier than a BDSM party, i got to tell you. But anyway, <laughs> um, just saying, uh, probably shouldn't so, talk any more about that right now. But anyway. So can <laughs> you... Can you so when you're when you are um are I know you've been working on trying to look at what is going on coming up for us, right? Oh, is yeah. it on these elections, does the location make a difference? I mean like would you do the chart of like all the candidates? I mean like how do you even approach would you even approach that if you were going to? That's a good question. I think for me, that is such a variable question. You well, would let me, have to... let me let me say something Wait, a little bit about you, it, so though. July let knows. Let me yeah, answer what I can. Okay, but I just want to so let variable. July know, yeah. Jeff. I just want to oh, let yeah. July know that you're you are a professional astrologer and you know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's all. Yar, that's my deal. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, go ahead. In that question, in that question, though, the way to because when you start talking locational astrology, because mm-hmm. that is a thing, mm-hmm. um, you really want to do that personally. Otherwise, it just like explodes and gets huge when you're asking gotcha. a question that's so varied as that. It's like, do you do the candidate? No, really, when you're asking a question of how am I doing in what location, I see. you want to ask your own locational astrology because different places on the earth will affect you differently. And they will affect will affect others differently. So, like, two different people in the same location will have different experiences, even though they're in the same location. So okay, you know, so I it, have a yeah. crazy question based on that information. Sure. Well, I don't know if it's a crazy question or not. Hey, uh, why not? So I have I have a question that is comes from an uninformed place. How about that? <laughs> Fair enough. I, I think that's perfectly fair. Yes. So Go ahead. could you could you look at the chart again, theoretically, of, of yes. candidates running for a specific race? Because you know where they're located now and they would be located in DC, right? Theoretically. Theoretically, depending on what their race is. If they have a local race, then you're still doing a local race for them. If you're gonna do a chart no, for them. No, I mean I mean to doing. see 
how they will behave in D.C. versus where they are locally. Um, Does that make make sense or no? Yeah, you can do that, but I'd still try to do it from the political side. Um, What do you mean by that? Well, like let's say uh, Beto O'Rourke is running for governor of Texas. You'd be doing Texas, not D.C. with him. Right, for sure. I'm talking about our congressional candidates. Yeah, you mean those weenies. Yeah, I know them. Uh, yeah, yeah, then you'd be doing D.C. You're right. Okay. How are they How are they each? What's their efficacy in uh, the District of Columbia is what you're asking. I see. And then I would ask that, yes. That, would that, that would be, be a, a valid useful question? Um, it might be to ask that of the candidate, if you have a favorite candidate or some, or a not-so-favorite candidate, and check out their personal chart and how it works in that location because it could give them advantages and disadvantages depending on all that kind of stuff so just like it would you if you were doing the same thing so um that's how i'd ask that question okay beyond that i need to know dates and times you're welcome absolutely so i appreciate i appreciate that um, yeah. Did you have any questions related to voting? I know you're in California too, so I don't know. Right. That doesn't. We're we're already kind of stuck with who we're going to get to vote for, which is Democrats. Yeah. yeah they kind of just hand you the hand you the, the ballot and say, "You're a Democrat. Here's who you get to vote for." Da, da, da. Uh, right. And that's about it. Um, the time when we could do something was was last month. In the, in the primary. If you wanted to, what, change party or something if like you that? Want, no, if you wanted to have a different Democrat than the one that's already there. Oh, yeah. We've already done that. Yeah, that's right. already been voted for. Who we, got, who we got now is who we get. So that's it. Um, right. Unless you them. want to vote Republican. Right. And I do not. Who doesn't? Who wants to do that? I mean, really, who does? Yeah, exactly. And if they do, I don't want to talk to them. Uh, or maybe but I do want to talk to them sternly. You know, um, yeah. well, I'd yes. have to say, I mean, Joe yes. Manchin says he's a Democrat. <laughs> Would you vote for him? I do not believe him. <laughs> he right, is, he's exactly. A, I call him a dino. He's a Democrat in name only. <laughs> for sure. But this, he's is a what dino. I'm, this is what I'm saying yeah. is that. Is and I that, hope he's about to go extinct. I mean, as a dino. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm done with him. And what's the hell of her face? Uh, the other gal. Um, Pelosi? No, no, no. Barbara the Bar- other gal uh, that Feinstein? votes with... No, no. The one that votes with Joe Manchin. Oh, 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 oh. Cinema. Uh, it starts with an S, I think. Cinema. cinema. Christian Cinema. Yeah. Yeah, which, she's, which we can't she's another vote for dino. either one of those assholes, so we get to vote for who we Which get is to vote fine, for. but yeah, yeah. Um, they're like Joe Lieberman's a Democrat. <laughs> right. Right. Anyway, um, he's an independent now, as far as I know. I don't even know if he's in Congress anymore. He's not. He's uh, not. Good. Uh, God for that. There's a, there's a lot of really interesting people that would be running probably on, under a different yeah. party. But but they see right. that maybe the only way they can get elected is by running in one of the two major parties. Well, that's how it's it's that's how it's polarized these days, and that Hi, is definitely Andrew. a thing. Yeah, it, so that's it is, definitely but, a know, thing. Yeah. Well, Jeff, um, I really appreciate the call. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? 
Um, not in particular. I just think uh, we should support Ukraine as much as possible, despite your commentary on the finances. I understand the idea of not financing war, but this is literally the beginning of the last world war, <laughs> if it gets that far, because it could. And I think Putin would be happy to destroy the world just to make a point because he's an idiot and he's nuts. So and that does show up in his chart. <laughs> so I'm just saying I've done yeah. his chart. He has no connection to his moon, uh, which means he does not care right. and uh, he doesn't care about things. So, in fact, uh, people within his own Politburo have said that he is an incautious man. Uh, that they worry about him because he doesn't make decisions with his full emotions. In other words, he's not really there with things. Mm. He just looks at things as objective rather than subjective. And his mm. objective view of the world is, we're just going to take this thing over. He's like he's playing chess, but he doesn't care what he loses, you know, um, as long as he's heading towards a bigger prize which may or may not be reasonable at all for him right. to do that. He doesn't think things through um, like well, a couple fortunately, of politicians. Fortunately yeah. or unfortunately, we can't vote for him. So, Well, yeah, I, I think it's probably fortunate that we can't vote for him because they'd rather not be in that location either. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm going to take the there. next yeah. call. Thanks yeah. for calling in, Jeff. You, you betcha. Thanks. Andrew, please unmute yourself. Welcome. Hey, Amanda, how's it going? It's going not that bad. I can I can redo my uh, opening, but I also am open for questions or comments. What would you like to talk about? Uh, no, you're good. I I kind of remember you laying out this strategy last week sometime for no mm -hmm. incumbents. Um. So I I have things I can say about that. Yes, please. I would like to hear because you know. I think it's a great idea, but let me hear why it's not. <laughs> no, that's not really it. I guess just like I think the I think that there needs to be more steps thought forward in the strategy because saying no incumbents without any further clarification could mean uh, vote for a whole lot of Democrats and Republicans. Yes. And I think that that's just generally counterproductive. Yes. Like, the 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 one case where I could see it just being a net positive is for Shahid Batar, who's been running against Nancy Pelosi the last few election cycles because he wants to unseat right. Pelosi. There's times where I think Shahid sounds kind of like definitely not disconnected from reality, but not all that in touch with like ordinary people. Like yes and no. He's he seems like by far the most um, kind of down to earth, you know, understands reality of of most of the Democrats that are kind of progressive, self styled progressives. Mm -hmm. So, so there's some there's like limited cases like that where I'm like, yeah, Shahid Batar would be a very clear improvement regardless of how much it kind of upholds the because I think like removing Pelosi. Even if she was going to retire, which I, I kind of don't think she is, like swapping no, out Pelosi. No, she's already for... she's on the ballot in November. She's already had her primary. Yeah. She beat Shahid, so she's she's there. Oh, she she's did again. 
Oh, yes. damn. Yeah, well, it's not so, so surprising. I actually asked Shahid on um, call-in when he was on Katie's show a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, Shahid, why do you think you have a better shot running in the Democratic Party than than as some kind of independent outside of it in uh, in San Francisco? And he didn't really have a good answer. I was like, do you really, really honestly think, like, with how much you've been kind of shut out, there's you, there's been no debates with you you've lost votes in in relatively suspicious ways and uh you've had um you know some interesting i don't know i i don't want to like way too far into this but it seemed to me that it was like here's here's something i think the the accusations against shahid Buttar of like kind of sexual misconduct on the campaign i didn't really buy those but the the allegations against uh nick brana I think are I I tend to lean towards those are real, um, so I'm not saying that like in every case any kind of a- accusation against a political figure who's not a Democrat. I don't I don't take the Jimmy line. I guess is what I'm saying. I feel like Batar Shahid has has taken so much flack from the Democratic Party while running in the Democratic Party, and he's done it like two or three times now. Then I'm like, dude, do do something else. <laughs> Don't run through the Democratic Party. Run for a different office, not as a Democrat. Move up from there. I don't know, but I think I've said a lot. So I guess just what's your what? Where where do you? How do you flesh out the plan further than just no incumbents? Because I do think it would be so, a shakeup either way. But there could be yeah. more like specificity. Okay, so I can be more specific because that's one of the things that I've been doing since I first thought of the idea. Because I thought, well, you know. I don't want to, I know that my Senate race in California, I've got Alex Padilla or this other Republican guy. I really don't want to vote a Republican in, but it's not really like in California, my vote for a Republican is going to make a difference because it's such a blue state. It would only make a difference if more of us came together and actually agreed to do it. Right. So that it would have to be kind of a loose confederation of people across states that are willing to do it where there are still primaries. So in order to figure out. So are we screwed if I just say don't vote in the incumbent? Let's look at what the numbers actually look like. If that if 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 we could somehow get a viral movement going across the country and the only people people would vote for would be somebody who hadn't been in office yet the actual, the balance of the numbers in Congress would be virtually identical for one thing. So that's the first thing. But that would have to be everybody acting in good faith and nobody being an asshole about things, which we know this is America, right? (laughs) That seems unlikely. So disrupting enough... Wait, hold on. Yeah. So you said you said if if everybody just across the country took the strategy um, and did it, the actual numbers party wise in Congress and Senate would be the same. It actually would be roughly slightly more Democrats because of the number of people that are not running again. Mm. Okay. But again, that's only an estimate, and that's that's it. That's based on a projection, assuming that everybody's going to do it, which yeah. we know everybody's not going to, because there's always going to be the people who are I'm voting blue no matter who, and there's always going to be the Republicans who are like, uh-uh, I ain't voting for a Democrat, 
right? Oh, and I just thought we know of one. those I'm, those people. Blue, no matter who, is the same as red because I'm fucked in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, but didn't you look into it a little bit the other day? Um, there's how many libertarian candidates did you say there are? There are okay, so like almost a hundred, right? In the Senate, let me get to where we are by that one party Senate. Okay, for the Senate, in in the races that still have primaries, or you want all of them? Um, uh, let's let's be realistic and say races that haven't happened yet. Okay, so ones that where the primary hasn't happened yet. All right. Sorry, I'm just putting on the filter so I can look at the information and give you the answer. This is part of what I've no, been you're all good. Where are you looking, by the time. way? I'm. I made a spreadsheet for myself and I uploaded it. I put the. I put it on Google Docs. The link is in the description for the show. Oh, rad. Okay. So, so, and please feel free to share and use widely and correct it if it's wrong in places. Because I'm not an expert. I'm not being paid to be accurate. I'm trying to get as accurate. No, but as what possible, you're doing but... is super important. Well, I think that for, from, from my perspective, I want to focus much, much more on building one or more third parties. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, but the like, I like my dad sometimes a very like extremely detail-oriented person and when he gets into a, mm-hmm. a hobby or a job he just goes and mm-hmm. you know just crazy and makes sure he knows every detail and has it all written out kind of like what you're doing here with the right. the no incumbent strategy but to build a third party we are going to need to know the the little contours of how each state is different how many signatures you need in each state what's the so- record of those uh secretaries of state or electoral panels just like pretending that the signatures are invalid to stop third right. part you know we need to know like all these little details all over the place so i respect what you're doing which means because, like, that yeah we gotta yeah. we've gotta get people in each of the states which is which is why having like the movement for people's party would have been a nice um infrastructure to build onto but it's possible because okay so your the answer is in upcoming primaries, there are a total of three libertarian candidates. <laughs> in the Senate and the House? No, that's just that's just, just the on the Senate. Oh, okay. That's just on the Senate. Sorry, I thought that okay, was the whole that's deal. Not on that. No, 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 right. no. I don't. Uh, no, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. no, no, no. Uh, the as far as the House, um, as far as the House, there's way, there's many, many more than that. But um, let me see. Okay, mm-hmm. so in the House number of candidates this is not um so we've got uh number of candidates libertarian is 52 green party is four and that's all that's all of them that doesn't count the primary date let me stick the primary date filter on here because the house is like 435 right 435 is that right Um, yeah. Something like that. So, so it just, um, send it's a little bit easier because it's only two thirds of them too, or it's only a third of them too. All right, here we go. And, you know, in North Carolina, the Green Party candidate is not going to be on the ballot. Which is sucky. Okay, Libertarians five, 
Greens one. 34 independent. 65 democratic. And and then a bunch of like single parties, and then there's a whole bunch that that come out as TBD because the the um, in some cases like Florida is one example I can think of off the top of my head where there's a primary coming up. It is almost impossible to get a list of all the candidates that are going to be in the separate primaries because of the party their partisan primaries. So I just haven't had the time mm. to go in and get those yet. So there's 218 that with primaries coming up that I can't tell you what party they are specifically. Okay. So I guess like <clears throat> if you say no incumbents across the board with a preference for third party, mm-hmm. you may, you, you know, best case scenario, you'd end up unseating like 56 people. Mm-hmm. Um, from both parties. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Um, well, but also don't forget, because I'm saying that strategy for the, for the November election, which we're going to have a lot more in that one. That's also, the one. These, are, these are all pre-November. Right. Oh, wow, okay. So those were, those were the pre-November numbers. If I do all of them ones... Then, then you're looking at then you're looking at a totally different map of things. Mm-hmm. So I guess like, and there's eight unopposed. Okay. So, so a couple things. First, Allison mm-hmm. mentioned in the chat uh, the Green Party has good data on their website about ballot access difficulties. Mm. Um, there's also that guy Greg Pallast, who's a he's yes. a funny guy. <laughs> If he's anyone good. who doesn't know mm-hmm. Greg Palace, he's like a he's a reporter who wears like the kind of twenties, thirties, forties style, like um, like uh, I don't even want to call it like a fedora mm-hmm. and like a, a yep. trench coat. Like mm-hmm. he dresses like a old timey private eye. He's just a funny guy, but he does really good reporting on electioneering. You know, like the sort of mm-hmm. fraud that Republicans and Democrats do to shore up their um, to shore up their their positions in power by being anti-democratic. Um, but I think like, I'll, I'll kind of, sl- I'll slow back, I'll slow, slow down a little bit and back up to the other point. Say that we don't make any uh, value judgments on individual candidates and just say no incumbents plus like before that third party uh, in every position possible. Um, uh, understanding that we don't have numbers right now for November, that's 56 in the House and three in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would send a, a, I think that would send a fairly important message to actually just the general public, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people in the general public who think that. Um, well, I don't really lo- like this. I feel like this is a lot of independent voters. They're like, I don't really love Democrats. I don't really mm-hmm. love Republicans. I'm an independent. I would like a third party, but gosh, that's just impossible. And I think people are like, th- there's other people that are like, yes, I want a third party. Whenever it just conveniently shows up in my lap, they're not willing to take the time to say, well, I'll spend two, four, six, eight, whatever years 
building that. So mm-hmm. we do have a third party instead of saying, I'll just wait until someone else does that. And that would be nice. Um, but like, if we're not making any value judgments about who these candidates are, because probably mm-hmm. there's one or two of the green candidates that I'd be like, I don't know if I really like you. And I would say like a good, at least 50% of the libertarian candidates, I would say, well, you're just a Republican who mm-hmm. has a slightly different, uh, you know, slightly different picture next to your name on the on the ballot because you technically have a different party. But I think even regardless of maybe if I would be picky, I think that if if 59 um, senators and Congress House members were unseated by third parties, that would just be excellent. I think a lot more people would stop saying like, oh, you just Mm -hmm. can't do it. Like, whatever, Mm -hmm. just take whatever the Democrats give you or take whatever the Republicans give you. Um, and I think it would also send a message to the parties. I mean, in this, in this reality that we're in right now with the vast majority of these people being kind of these candidates rather being more of the right, I think it would send more of a message to the Republican party, um, which whatever, but like the, I think there's kind of two general strategies with like third party runs that people have articulated one is, which is my preferred strategy, is actually build a third party that's going to win and mm-hmm. not just send a message. The other strategy is kind of the European parliamentary model, which is where in Europe over the past three or four decades, there's been a number of kind of smaller socialist and communist parties, and they pull the center-left party, the equivalent of the Democrats, further to the left um, because they have to they have to use their votes. They have to build coalitions with them to keep a majority. I'm less in favor of that strategy. Well, um, it hasn't worked. If... I mean, the progressive caucus in Congress theoretically has enough votes to stop almost anything, don't they? Yeah, but there's no party to the left of the Democrats in, in But power. the progressive caucus could act like a different party. They could. I mean, look at Joe Manchin mm. and Cinema, for heaven's sake. They could. I mean, that's true. It would be that's a risk. True, it would I mean, be a risk to their political career, but I would argue that this is the it. time to make a risk for your career, political career because your political career ain't no ain't more important than the country. Yeah, I I definitely agree, um, but like, what I'm saying is there there's a there's a little bit of a difference where the the people who are you know, nominally more on the left mm-hmm. or people who like, for instance, Ilhan Omar, I tend to kind of like her or like Rashida Tlaib more than Jayapal or AOC or any of those. Right. Like, but can I, I just want to pull you back from that, Andrew, because that's yeah. one of the things that, that, that really starts to get me kind of uh, agitated because whether I like Pramila Jayapal, I'm not in her district. There's nothing, and I have no I money. Am. So, well, that's different then. That, I then am. You, but what you, I'm saying, what then, I'm saying, but is, that's what having somebody in your state to to kind of spearhead what is a good strategy in this state to to deal with this situation well, I, in this one. Sorry, let me let you finish like your comment. Okay. Yeah, no, sorry. I just, I wasn't really going to go too far down the road of, oh, I like this person or I don't like that person as much. I was just saying that, like, I might expect maybe not the entire Progressive Caucus, um, but maybe a handful, like, like the two I just mentioned. They seem to have a little bit more spine from time to time, and they still don't. 
if there was like even a really kind of mild change, like there, like the DSA all of a sudden was actually a different party instead of kind of a part of the Democrats and like had 30 house members and two senators, then there's a lot more breathing room. I mean, I, I, again, this is still not my preferred strategy, but this is the, this is how it works in Europe. There's breathing room in the parliamentary systems and people can and occasionally sometimes often do change parties and there's there's a lot to be said about like fundraising um like public exposure on tv or or in press releases that the the party can do to keep people in line from going too far to the fringe if there's not another party where they actually have to compete so again i still would rather see a a new party or parties win really substantially and not just be this kind of, um, Oh, I'm with you. Radical edge. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I've taken up a lot of time. So if you want to, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, I'm going to let Mo (laughs) have a, have a chance. And Andrew though, I really appreciate this conversation because I am kind of still, it's still in a formation phase. And if it's something, even if it can't be fully implemented now, I mean, like you were saying, even if there's one or two states that still have primaries where we can make some kind of dent, you know, I think that that's a good thing. So thank you for well, calling I in. I also think last, last, last thing I promise. Um, sure. And then, Mo, I think and then that I'll take Mo. the messaging around this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the messaging around this could be really solid. Like, um, regardless of any other type of political ideology, the vast majority of people in the United States do not like, do not approve of the politicians right. in Congress right now. So right. rather than saying this party or that party, if you're like nobody in Congress right now, I think a lot of people would be like, um, yeah, let's do that. Because you're not, you're not arguing with people over policies. You're not arguing with people like specific policies. You're not arguing right. with people over specific ideologies. You're just like, look, we all agree. We need to shake clock, this so. up. Yeah. yeah. So why don't we shake it up and then you know, we'll continue this conversation about what direction do we want to go in, but that's a different conversation than all these people are corrupt assholes. Yeah. Well, to close, to close your comments, I'll just say this in Washington's, Washington's 10th congressional district, there's somebody running from the Congress sucks party. So open primary in that state. (laughs) Mo, please join us and mute yourself and share what your thoughts are. The mute is in the bottom corner. There's a little microphone in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen if you want to unmute yourself, Mo. Otherwise, I'm going to go to Jin, and you're welcome to come back into the line, and we'll get you up after, after Jin and Jeff. Jen, please unmute yourself. Jeff, please unmute yourself. Jen, if you can get back into line, I'm not sure why you were not able to um, unmute, but I welcome you and Mo to come back up. Jeff. Please share. Me too. Um, I'm hoping they can share too. 
Uh, just want to make <laughs> your comments on Andrew's commentary as well uh, and your interaction with him. Um, one thing I like about you guys is that um, you're very open to uh, uh, alternate parties, different ideas. In particular, both of you sound like you're um, interested in different ideas, which I really like. Um, it's one of the things I've always liked about you, Amanda. I think that is really cool. Don't like that. I think for both of you, it's going to be a problem and probably has been for both of you is that your message gets diluted because you're not with anything established. And on the one hand, like I said, free ideas aren't, aren't establishment ideas. And I like the fact that you try to support third party conclusions or ideas. Um, that's terrific. However, when you're trying to vote, especially in an election that's hyper-polarized like ours is right now, I think until the political environment gets better, um, I've been a libertarian for, like, forever. Um, and I'll characterize that because Andrew mentioned that a lot of libertarians these days are just Republicans. I characterize myself as a social libertarian. I So uh, that's kind of my thing. Um, I've definitely gone way the heck more social lately, especially since the country in general and what's been happening has gone way the hell more fascist, frankly. And we're about to lose our democracy because of it. Um, and that's all because basically we have a, a brilliant foreign actor who has done a, probably the best job possible as a spy master, and that's Vladimir Putin, of course. Ta-da! You win the gold medal, man, for being the best spy master uh, as far as, you know, <laughs> changing the politics of the United States to a completely red, fascist sort of way of being uh, and in using well, a puppet basically in government to do so. You don't right. think that's been happening. You haven't been paying attention. So right. that definitely is true. So and well, that's, thanks for that input. I think one of the yeah. things that 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 um, I appreciate I appreciate you offering the challenge of of not being a centrally organized thing. But one of the things that Colin is producing is is that there's it gives us a lot of folks a chance to talk through ideas and then to start shaping the language that will make more sense going forward. And I think that it's possible that a loose, organized group that has connections in each of the states, you know, I could be California, somebody else gets to be Washington, somebody else, and then, and then from there you build down, this is just the way you build a party. But instead of, instead of going for one of the two main parties, maybe what we do is we support independent candidates, make it easier for people who are not a Democrat or Republican to run, not just because of money, but, but in other ways. Because running without the support of one of the two major parties is more difficult, but it's not impossible. It's hugely more difficult. Otherwise, Bernie but, would have run a socialist. But, but that's the thing, Jeff. Things are impossible until they're not, so you keep moving forward and trying to get them done. And, and saying you can't do it, it doesn't, doesn't get it done. Trying to do it and not getting it done is a different, is a different thing. 
I think maybe Andrew wants to respond if you don't mind. I'm going to let him on in. Go ahead. Andrew. Hey, a um, couple things. I think that um, it's it's a little, I think it's a little odd to say that, I mean, it's especially ridiculous to say it's impossible to start a, a third party that's really formidable and capable of winning in the U.S. Um, there's so many other examples throughout just Latin America, which all have relatively similar bicameral congresses. They don't have parliaments. They have different but similar electoral systems, similar, although maybe slightly different uh, flavor of corruption and uh, rigging in these countries. You've seen third parties in the last 20 years take power electorally and really change the direction of the countries that they're in. Um, and I, th I, I also think that, um, you know, saying that, oh, well, if, if, if running with a third party was doable, Bernie would have done it. I don't think that's a really good argument. I think that he just let himself get screwed over twice in a row in the Democratic Party. Um, you know, the there was ample evidence from Donna Brazil's own book to the WikiLeaks um, release of the Podesta and Clinton emails showing that he was cheated out of the 2016 primary. Like, you know, every possible mm -hmm. meaning of the definition cheated. So I would say that's a lot to go up against. I wouldn't say that it's easy to build a third party, but I don't think it that it's really there's not really a plausible argument to say which one is 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 categorically like 100% for sure more difficult than the other. And if we've already seen other examples of successes with third parties in the hemisphere in similar systems be very successful and we've seen um, not only the Democrats screw over Bernie, but the PRD and uh, the other parties screw over AMLO twice in Mexico. It seems like if there's, a, if there's already an establishment that you have to completely break down and turn around, and there's a lot of people that, that right now kind of buy into that um, rhetoric, it's like, I don't know, there's, there's a concept in ecology, which is my background, um, mm -hmm called succession. So if there's an ecosystem that is uh, kind of moderately disturbed, that would be um, secondary succession. If it's extremely disturbed and basically you're starting over from scratch, that's secondary succession. Or sorry, that's primary succession. So like if a glacier moves in and scours the landscape and covers up everything and makes it impossible for stuff to grow for 12,000 years, and then it comes away, that's primary succession. You're starting over completely from scratch. The ecosystem that's going to form there is going to be totally different than, or at least very significantly different than whatever was there before. But if there's just a windstorm and like a handful of trees fall over in a forest, um, whatever grows back there is going to be extremely similar to, if not nearly identical to whatever else is growing in close proximity in the forest. So taking over an existing party to me is like secondary succession. You can put some new people in there. You can try really hard to introduce new species as it were. Uh, but largely the majority that already exists will succeed. Um, so I have another point to respond to what Jeff said, but if you want to stop me there, Amanda, and, and put any thoughts. Um, um, no, but I do want to, I do want to give a 15 minute warning cause I don't want these these shows to go over an hour and 15 minutes so that they're easy for people to digest future. But we are going to come back to this topic again 
at the beginning of next week because I think it's an important one and, and I, I'm still like to encourage Mo or Jin if you'd like to, to come and join the conversation because I think that, that one of the things that, that, that I keep hearing and one of the reasons why I did do, drill down so far on these is, is I think that part of why the Democrats keep losing is they're using a national strategy in local races. The reality is I, I'm glad I know about the races that are happening that are not in my specific district, but I don't get the news about my specific district because the national news is too busy on AOC and Pramila Jayapal and people who are not my district representing my district. I'm lucky. I have a representative who's been there a long time and is well known, and Barbara Lee does get some news. But when it came to the local primary here, nobody was covering it. Nobody was knocking doors. I mean, it just wasn't happening. So there was, there, I think that it's good to have a big 30,000-foot national strategy, but we, part of that strategy has to be getting local people that are invested enough in, in disrupting what's happening so we can get the people's attention who are making the bad decisions <laughs> That, that we have to we have to be working together to get that done, but we also can't be doing it like a one-size-fits-all because this country has never been that as far as I know. Andrew. Yeah, I think that's a very good point about um, a str uh, like a kind of not unique but catered strategy for local races. Um, Bespoke. Huh? Yeah, bespoke. That's perfect. Yeah, um, a bespoke strategy for local races, um, you know, based off of the material needs of people in the district, based off of and, – and that would include people who aren't already voters um, or quote-unquote likely and voters. And having a scaffolding um, so, that they, so that they can build a bespoke whatever, but it doesn't, doesn't have to be from scratch, right? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be from scratch. I think that's one large criticism of like people who are Democrats who will who will actually criticize Obama is they'll say that he kind of sucked away a lot of like dollars and cents and also talent, people, resources away from all the local races. And you watch the Democrats um, after you know the first two years of Obama's term where he broke all of his promises. Um, not only was there the kind of feeling of betrayal amongst a lot of voters that lost Democrats, a lot of local elections and the house and the Senate, but also the timer went off. I don't think I cut out for a second, but yeah, yeah, go for it. The, not only was it this kind of sense of betrayal or, or disenchantment, but also the fact that they act, they literally pulled away all of these resources from the local races to pour into the national campaign and there's there's a somewhat well-known part of this which which was that after the 2012 election the democratic national committee was actually bankrupt they were in the hole millions of dollars um which left them basically more vulnerable to the the clintons kind of running things because they uh. Uh, they actually they actually filled in that they they underwrote that debt and that gave them even more power than the Clintons already had over the DNC for the 2016 race. Um, so anyways, appreciate you doing all this detailed work. 
uh, of course there's more I want to say. Um, but I think I'll suffice it to say that if you really think that a foreign power is controlling people in the United States to make them vote how they already were voting, which is for Republicans, and if you think that you know Trump is really much different than most other Republicans, I think that's kind of insane. And I think it's like distracting a lot from the real work we have to do at home is, is finger pointing at a foreign scary boogeyman. Um, Putin's not a genius. He's not um, financially or materially capable of swaying U.S. elections beyond the the trends of actual voters here. The the Trump policy was standard Republican policy. It was, you know, austerity at home, cut taxes. It was uh, militarism abroad. And, and also for 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 one a couple particular points, uh, Trump began uh, sending huge shipments of weapons to Ukraine. He pulled out of the intermediate ballistic missile treaty with Russia. Um, and he tried to, uh, get Europe to cancel the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Um, so those are all extremely hawkish, damaging policies towards Russia that have led us directly to, I mean, it's just a continuation of policy. You have George W. Bush pulling out of the intercontinental ballistic missile treaty, um, and also sponsoring, um, terrorist cells to attack Russia. And then you have, um, Obama and Newland and Clinton, uh, attacking Syria, which is a very close ally of Russia and, and, uh, and, uh, what else? And the, the coup in Ukraine, you have Trump sending weapons there and pulling out of even more arms control treaties with Russia. So it's just from 2000 to now, it's been a completely, you know, flat plane. It's been, I almost identical foreign policy, all very hawkish towards Russia and to buy into this narrative that the U S has been half of the U S are mind, you know, brain dead idiots who have been, you know, taken over by this red eyed cyborg cartoon of Putin. I think it's just completely distracting you from being able to address the real problems that we have at home. Um, so that's, I'll, I'll shut up there. I've already said far too much, but thanks again, Amanda. I'm going to get reading on this spreadsheet. (laughs) So, so just two quick things. Um, I'd like to recommend to everybody, if you haven't yet started listening to the podcast, Unfucking the Republic, it is a fantastic, well-produced, on the left-hand side of things, looking at economics and how we got to be where we are. The other thing is I'm going to do is make a suggestion, an idea. I don't even haven't even looked into it yet. But instead of trying to do campaign finance reform, what if we had introduced in Congress? Because you'd have to do it federally, even though the states are done, the elections are done by the states. Maybe what we do is we say you are only allowed to campaign for these ten weeks. Period. No campaign contributions can be taken in. No campaign money can be spent. No commercials can be on. No billboards. No campaigning, period, except for this 10 weeks. That automatically limits the amount of money, if we could get a law like that passed. So that's an idea I just want to throw out there. I will be back on Monday. I'm sorry I wasn't here for yesterday's show. I'm trying to do Mondays and Thursdays on a regular basis because I think it's very good for us to be able to talk through some of these concerns we have about what's going on because democracy needs all of us. We all have brains, even the ones that don't seem like they do. They do. They're people too. They're Americans too. 
they might be hateful, but we have to try and find ways if we're not going to be able to, to live together in harmony, we have to be able to work together so we can all live better lives. And then we can fight once we all have better lives. Jeff, would you like to make a final comment? And then I'm going to close the room. Yes, uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can. <coughs> I'm guessing you can. All right. Anyway, I like your last idea for 10 weeks as far as duration. Where the money should come from, though, uh, I think it should be public in every race. Um, that we might be able to do federally for changing the way <clears throat> elections work, and they're definitely trying to do that throughout the country anyway, as far as Republicans go. They're very involved in elections, and want to make sure everybody votes Republican. Uh, and if they're not doing it, they don't want them to vote at all. Uh, if you've been watching what's been going on at any rate, um, beyond that, um, for Andrew, I'd say I'd talk to Greg Pallas. I know Greg Pallas pretty well, follow mm -hmm. his stuff. He's really good. Um, and used to be on a thing called link TV, which I don't think exists anymore, but that was a really good, uh, he had really good programs and really good stuff. He'd done some amazing stuff on elections in Ecuador and how we've influenced that, uh, mostly yep. through actually corporate interests. So that's been a really take a look at. And if you look at his watching and how corporate interests have influenced elections from our side of the fence, um, I'd say you could go and take that right back over and take a look at Putin because he's he isn't poor. <laughs> Uh, your notion that he doesn't have enough money. He's got enough money for just about anything. He's got more money than but, Bezos and a few I'm other just people gonna, combined. Jeff, Jeff, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop you there because really when it comes to, to my philosophy on on issues related to all of these things, even foreign relations, uh, it is the same thing as, as if as if there's something going on in a relationship. I can only fix me. I can't fix somebody else, and and making that person an enemy, even if they are, doesn't do anybody any positive. So I just wanted to put that there, and and I will. I'm glad that everybody has been here today. I welcome you to come back and subscribe, and uh, if you'd like to message me about an idea that you've got, I welcome that, and I hope everybody has a spectacular weekend. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you, Jeff. Have a great day, everybody.